You are listening to Word, a weekly word from the world's bestseller. Amichai Lau Lavi's New Bible Blog, a Jcast Network production. To subscribe to this blog, to read this blog, and to learn more about Amichai Lau Lavi, please visit amichai.me. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Here's the weekly word, another password to the riddles of our lives. This week's word is murderer, Rutsiach. The weekly Torah text is Veit Chanan. George killed Trayvon, but was it murder? The court said no, a lot of angry people think otherwise. Beyond the racial aspects of this case and the rage that's filling up your Facebook page and local public square, what's at stake here is what counts or not as murder or manslaughter or plain killing. Are the consequences different? Does it matter to those left behind? Does it matter to the one who did the deed? Blood is blood. How do such killers and or murderers go on facing daily life? It is a philosophical question, but this week it came closer to home. Two toddlers were forgotten by fathers in parked car this past week in Israel. Mid-heat and died. Are those parents murderers? How do they go on? One of them is a friend of a friend. It's shocking. This nightmare is not just an Israeli problem, and the debate about it grows each year. Two children were found dead in parked cars this past month in Virginia and Maryland, added to the terrible toll of 17 kids who died of hypothermia in the USA since January 2013. Summer isn't over yet. Official stats pointed an average of 37 fatalities of children left alone in cars each year since 98. These are terrible tragedies. I cannot begin to imagine the grief, rage, shame, and remorse that have disrupted these families. A glimpse of that here. It was an inexplicable, inexcusable mistake. But was it a crime? That was the question for a judge to decide. This is from a Washington Post piece published in 2009. But I can imagine the context, horrible as it is, and I have compassion and pity for those fathers and mothers whose lives and families in so many ways were ruined, not because of malice, but because of one wrong move. In the eyes of many, and often in their own eyes, they are guilty of the worst kind of murder. This past weekend I took all three kids to the park, all of them on their wheels, two bikes, one scooter, crossed the street, all holding hands, when our youngest got stuck with her scooter, panicked, and her brother ran ahead, and there I was in the middle of the road, lights changing, cars honking, two kids with me, one ahead, all now screaming. One wrong hasty move could have been a mess. Thankfully, I was alert and calm and not on the phone, distracted or too tired. We caught up, crossed had fun in the park. I think I understand distraction, exhaustion, competing obligations, enough to be terrified of any such horrendous judgment, and enough to judge the parents who messed up so horribly with a bit more kindness, even though it's still a mystery to me. Are those parents murderers? Most courts find them negligent. They've suffered enough. So how is remorse possible here? How is forgiveness? 
where does such a parent go? In this week's Torah text, Vayet Hanan, Moses pleads to enter Canaan, but the access is again denied. One moment of violence has doomed his entry. He goes on to deliver his final speech to the people, describing what awaits for them across the river. One of the features of the land are the cities of refuge, safe places where those who murdered under special circumstances may flee and be safe from revenge and judgment. The murderer might flee there, the one who murdered a neighbor unaware and did not hate him in the past. So Deuteronomy 4.42 We don't have cities of refuge today. Not even Russian airports give shelter for long, let alone an actual location where a killer can cool and get a second chance. Prisons, rehab centers, ashrams, perhaps. My heart goes out to all those grieving everyone a victim of the human ability to take a life, with intention or not. I don't know what will happen with the Zimmerman case, or how to help parents be more conscious of their children, but I pray that we are all able to be more compassionate and helpful, should such tragedies come closer to our shore. This week, now that Tisha B'Av is behind us, begins the slow ascent towards a new year, bringing with it the process of self-reflection, forgiveness, and commitment to a better life. We may not have geographical cities of refuge, but at least we have them in the land of time. Shabbat Shalom.